It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Take Talk podcast. My name is Stephen O'Rourke, and as always, I'm with my co-host, Brett Whitefield. And Brett, the draft guide is out and running. Yes, How does it feel to have that like on paper, out in public? Like, What's that feel like after hours upon hours upon hours of work to like finally see the culmination of it all? Yeah, I mean, it's it feels good, but the, the reality is, is we're only halfway there, you know. So right. two, two big things of note: we're, version two is going to come out sometime next week. Is the hope, and that's going to include the defensive side of the ball. So you're going to get basically double the amount of prospects, um, and then between now and the draft, we'll still be adding guys here and there. Um, you know, f- probably throw some more offensive linemen in there. We'll get to a couple more receivers, a couple running backs. I don't really want to watch any more quarterbacks because the rest of them completely stink. Yeah. um, But yeah, so that that's, I guess it it does feel good to get it out, but we're only halfway there and there's still a lot of work to be done, Steve. But here's another cool thing. I don't know if the people know this, but I'm, I, I don't have a date yet, but it could be as early as tomorrow. We will have an app in the iOS app store. Whoa. The prospect guide. And it's really, I've seen it, played with it. It's real sleek and sexy and very easy to use. And yeah, it'd be like the, the hot spot for, for reading your, uh, the player evals because it's, it's really easy to use and very functional. So that's coming soon, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's I, awesome. I was told potentially 4-1, which is what, Saturday? Yeah, today's the, yeah. yeah. It's really Saturday. Saturday. But, you know, things in the tech world always kind of lag later than they're supposed to. So it could be 4-2 or 4-3 or 4-4. But whatever. Whatever the date is, it's going to be pretty pretty rad. And I'm excited to have that up and running for the draft. Especially because I've got, like, a bunch of different shows I have to do. Right. During draft. So, like, being right. able to kind of, like, on my phone, quickly, gather, you know, remember my own thoughts about a player. I think that would be good. Yeah, that's actually – now they say that that's nice to have like the whole catalog of your opinions. Yeah. Able to call back on without like, oh, crap, all right. Am I am I completely stepping on my own toes here? Like, no, you can just go back and look. Like, all right, that is what I said. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, and it's – you know, I would say for the top 15 to 20 at each position, you, you remember, guys, obviously. You, you yeah, know, of course. But when you're getting into like – running back 26 like who's a guy i watched the other day that scott barrett forced me to watch and i wanted to vomit afterwards um was <laughs> yeah, the, the, the little the little running back from eastern carolina mitchell oh yeah i've um mitchell? i don't know much about him but yeah but like you know i'm not gonna remember much about what i wrote because i you know was admittedly trying to get through that evaluation fast so because he's like rb 30 and and <laughs> unlikely to have a significant role in the NFL at his 170 pound size. So as a primary back, yeah, I don't really see there. That's I mean, like even, even a, a secondary, like a, a rotational guy that has a, a third down role. There's not even guys that small doing that really. Right. He did run really, really fast at the combine though. So he's intriguing to a lot of people. So yeah, reminds anyway. me, that makes me think of Dre Archer. 
Yeah, there you go. Kick return only kind of guy. Right. Like, all right, if we just use his speed in the right way, he's going to go. And nobody ever uses speed the right way because he weighed 160 pounds and was like 5'7". Yeah. And this is funny. We're on a, a side tangent already, which is fine. But people ask me all the time, well, why does it matter that a running back is only 170, 180 pounds when you see receivers that small all the time? And I've explained this a few times, Steve, but I feel like it needs to be reiterated because a running back at 175, 170 pounds is getting hit by 300-pound defensive linemen on the reg. Right. A receiver is getting hit by cornerbacks that aren't that much bigger than them. Sometimes the same size. There's cornerbacks that are 175, 180 pounds. So yeah, uh, it's a big, big difference, big time difference. So yeah, there's a difference between 170 taking the full weight of a 240 pound four or five linebacker in the hole and a receiver, you know, at worst, you know, maybe getting popped across the middle by a linebacker. But how often does that that barely happens nowadays, really? Yeah, for sure. So. I got something else we can talk about, actually, real quick before we dive into very football-heavy discussion. Yes. Steve, this is Take Talk episode 49. Whoa. Which means episode 50 is coming very soon. Arguably and next I, week, we might say. Yeah. It, it, argue, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the thing about episode 50 is, Steve, you and I had never really done this before. And now we have millions and millions and millions of listeners. So it's amazing. We need to reward the, the listener base with with the prize giveaway. And so I haven't confirmed this yet yet with the boss, but I am talking to him about it very soon. But we're gonna I think we're gonna do a premium subscription giveaway for episode fifty. Oh, I like that. And so I'm gonna get this started now. We'll post for like official details probably Monday morning to kind of give you the whole give the fans the whole week to prepare right you're not currently a fantasy point subscriber what i want you to do in preparation for this moment is go to the app store uh whether it's preferably the itunes uh podcast store sorry and write us a, a review a five-star review not any review and <laughs> screenshot that you d did so DM it to me or to Steve on Twitter. I'm at BG Whitefield. Steve is at call me Steve O seven. Yep. And then, yeah, so do those two things and that'll be how you enter the contest for the premium subscription. You can't already have a, a subscription to fantasy points. So this is for new customers only. Um, and I'm still trying to figure out something we can do for people that are already subscribed to fantasypoints.com. I need ideas. So if anyone has ideas, by anyone, I mean you, Steve, or any of our other colleagues at Fantasy Points. Please, please hit me up with that information because I don't really know what to do for people already subscribing. But anyways, we're going to do uh, some type of giveaway. Even if it has to come out of my own pocket, it's going to happen. So, Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, appreciate everyone that listens to the show. And we are going to hit episode 50. And it's just the beginning for TikTok. I do know that. So, um, all right, Steve, we should probably talk about the NFL. Yep. I think we should. And I feel like we've we're later to it than most, but I feel like we have to talk about Lamar Jackson. Yes. We did do a Lamar Jackson episode, but we spent most of that time talking about reasons not to trade for him. Right. Or why teams might be shy. 
we didn't do a good job of painting the picture of why a team would trade for Lamar or teams maybe best fits. Steve, I think right. maybe that's a great way to take this. What are what are Lamar's best fits? There's I feel like there's some teams that clearly are not good fits that have been looped linked to him for some reason. Like the, the Lions, for example. Yeah. They're not in a situation to do this. Um of all the teams being rumored to be interested or whatever, they make the least amount of sense, actually. But there are teams that 100% should be picking up the phone and calling the Baltimore Ravens about Lamar Jackson. And I, it's crazy that it, there's been zero movement. Um, I get the concerns. We've already did a whole show about the concerns. I get the concerns. But for some teams, those concerns should mean little to nothing. Um, right. One team that's interesting to me, and I want to table them for the very end because we want to loop in the Aaron Rodgers discussion with this, but I want the Jets to go full heel and just say, screw you, Aaron Rodgers, we're going with Lamar Jackson. That would be great. But let's table that for the very end. Yeah, because that yeah, that's an interesting – that's a conversation that I definitely want to dive into too because, yeah, we'll save it. So the why whole- don't you throw, throw out a team that you think is a good fit for Lamar? I mean, the first one that comes to my mind every time is Atlanta. Like right. that is – the, I mean, and I think everybody said it kind of ad nauseum at this point, but it bears repeating that like Atlanta's system that they ran last year is picture perfect for Lamar. Having a quarterback that is like constantly on the move, constantly in motion, they're Lamar throws a great deep ball, and they were, you know, their hit, um, Mariota's A dot was up there. And I didn't, I just think that like it'd be such a seamless transition to go from Mariota, who is Lamar Jackson, light, 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 and dropping in Lamar Jackson with the weapons that they have in a team that is, you know, in theory on the rise and, you know, trying to take those next steps in a division that is absolutely there for the taking. Like this would set them up to take over the division for, you know, potentially – three, four years with Lamar. Like there's no, like everybody in that is either really bad or kind of in a weird transition period. And like, what a better time to seize the division than right now by going to get Lamar. You're not necessarily mortgaging your entire future. Lamar is still super young, still really young. You'd be giving up two firsts for him. I just think like that in and of itself, it just makes, it makes too much sense. And I can't believe that Atlanta it's like pulling themselves out so quickly. Yeah, they they make a ton of sense. I mean, for for the some of the reasons you mentioned was the division, and yeah, I agree. You go get Lamar Jackson, you're competitive right away. Right. And I do think top to bottom, the Saints probably have a better roster for now. But like every year, it seems they get stripped of some talent because of their cap situation. So, you know, I don't know how far Derek Carr is going to take them. I, it just makes a ton of sense. Carolina's obviously going with a rookie. They trade up yeah. for one overall. So, like, they're probably in a, a a transitional phase of at least a year or two. Like, this really gives you a jump start in taking control of that division. They've got when – you, when you look at their roster, Steve, like, they've got pretty good weapons. I mean, they have two top ten picks at pass catcher and, and Kyle Pitts and Drake London. They just acquired yeah. John Smith. Yeah, they, they need to add more to that room. I think Matt Collins is a serviceable wide receiver three. Yeah, or or deep role type. Like ideally, he's a he's your wide receiver four, and he's a deep threat only kind of guy. But they added Scotty Miller, also a deep threat kind of guy. Um, but both those guys bring speed to the table, though. So yeah, that and works well with Lamar's skill set. 
Yeah, and like Mariota, he was first with qualifying quarterbacks for um, average depth of target. Or he was up there for not first, but he had a nine point eight average depth of the target from for last year. Lamar wasn't too far behind at about eight point two, and Lamar had you know point five two fantasy points per quarterback for, for like per opportunity. The guy makes plays and. Yeah. To drop him into a to drop him onto a team into a room where, I mean, Pitts and London are arguably the two best you know receivers that he's that he would have play, ever played with. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at least from like a physically talented standpoint, no doubt. Right. Then you look on defensive side of the ball, Stephen. Things are starting to look decent. You know, they're not they're not where they need to be, but man, it's been bad for Atlanta the last few years and. Yeah, look at the the hog mollies in the middle. They they added David Onyemata. They added Eddie Goldman. They're obviously they have Grady Jarrett, who's a phenomenal player. They added Carlos Campbell. Like they're thick in the middle there. Campbell can play inside or out. They definitely need a pass rusher. Um, and they probably need. Yeah, I mean, I think a a true edge pass rusher is probably the missing link there right now. I don't think they're awesome in the secondary, but they're good enough. They added Jesse Bates. From Cincinnati, they got Casey yep. Hayward and AJ Terrell. Yep, Quincy Grant is a decent player. D. Alford is okay. Um, I I don't know, man. Like, the, I think the roster might be a little bit better than people realize. Again, not not good by any means, but a little bit better. Their offensive line's in an okay spot too. Actually, they retained Caleb McGarry. They have Jake Matthews. So the good, good tackle situation. Chris Lindstrom's a very good player. Matt Hennessy's decent. I mean. Steve, am I crazy or like are the Falcons actually not in a terrible spot here? That's what I like. That's why I think that like it make I can't wrap my head head around why they're bailing on Lamar so quickly. It, yeah, and the interesting too, thing too is like so Arthur Smith's going into year three. They've underperformed a lot, even you know, even though it was kind of a rebuild situation. I don't. I don't know why he going into year three would think rolling with Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke was the way to go for like job security purposes. Right. He gets like, sign off ownership on that. Like that's crazy. And it's not like they're in a position in the draft to really go after one of the top names. I mean, they're not too far off. I think, like, I think they have a shot at Will Levis at eight. Yeah. Which not wherever they're in my opinion, like, if you think about it, going to you'd be t- basically giving up eight, and then probably next year's like that's worth it to go to upgrade from potentially Levis or they're probably I even if they don't go a quarterback, but like if they were to go Levis, the upgrade to Lamar is you know is, is huge. Yeah. And but yeah, I agree that like the Falcons have a good have a decent team on paper. And yeah. what better way to like aid a defense and you know help improve a defense than by giving them a good offense to play alongside? And Lamar brings that. Lamar brings like the ultimate ability to play their ball control offense that they want to play. And you know if they want to keep running the ball, you know over fifty percent of the time they can. And Lamar fits into that and at least adds another weapon to that. And at least that then makes the defensive secondary they're playing consider the pass because with Mariota you consider it but you're not really you're not scared of him 
the other thing we haven't really mentioned, Steve, is like Arthur Smith, whether it was at Tennessee or in Atlanta, he, he loves to design his offense around the run game and then eventually the play-action pass. And Atlanta, right. as bad as they were last year, that, that didn't stop them from smashing people in the face with the run game. No. So you add Lamar to the mix, it's only going to get better from there. I mean, ooh, I, I, I do think that's a good fit. Let's, it would pivot, be a- let's pivot. Let's talk – I, I got an interesting one I want to throw at you, and that's the Miami Dolphins. Oh, there's a there's I, a one, one out of left field. Yeah, I don't I don't know why no one's talking about this. Tua, I mean, gosh, with what we saw from Tua last year, obviously on the field he was fine when healthy, but he's he's taken such a beating. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know how you you're not worried about that long term and what and why you wouldn't pick up the phone. That I mean, the issue might be that they don't have a first round pick this year. Maybe that disqualifies them. I'm pretty sure Baltimore could take any two first round picks they want, though. If I right. understand the rules correctly, so if Baltimore was okay with not getting a first this year, I don't I don't see why Miami wouldn't be in in the mix. Uh, he would instantly upgrade. That team. I mean, think about the weapons they have in Hill and, and Waddle. It's like perfect for what Lamar needs. Yeah, and think about what, like what they've done to their defense. Like yeah. their defense has been upgraded a decent amount. And yeah, I mean, if you insert Lamar, where like where would you if let's say Miami got Lamar, where would you put them in the hierarchy of the AFC? Would they be the number? Two team behind the Chiefs, like on paper. I mean, you still have to keep Buffalo in the conversation. Uh, yeah, so I don't know that I'd, I'd leapfrog a Buffalo quite yet. But huh, let me look here, because they're I think probably fourth. Because the more, the, yeah, the more I look at their defense, I love their defense. And their offense with Lamar would just be a souped up, like a souped up race car. Yeah. Like what we've been asking for for years is put a mobile quarterback into Kyle Shanahan's system. Kyle Shanahan tried to do it with Trey Lance. We got it for about a game and a half. But McDaniel seems like a guy who would go a little bit even more outside the box if you got someone like Lamar in, into that into that quarterback room. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we've talked, gosh, I don't know how many times we've talked about this with Lamar, but the way to get the most out of him in the pass game is to give him quick twitch separators. You know, yep. he's got two just absolute units in Hill and Waddle in that regard, just guys that separate at will. And they create for themselves too, create after the catch. So, Two, I mean, when, that would really go a long way. When Bateman was healthy at the beginning of the year, Lamar started off at an unreal pace. Yeah. And, you know, having a guy like Bateman, like you said, a guy that can separate, you know, a little bit better, it it showed dividends right away last year. And then when you saw it, Lamar, they lost Bateman, who really was their, you know, their only consistent separator. And his numbers started to level out and he started to become a little bit more, you know, pedestrian for lack of a better term is, you know, it was a little bit more run of the mill. Baltimore didn't look as good. And he just, you know, 
and it it continues to be a prox a by proxy of like a, or a byproduct of the fact that Baltimore just doesn't have the weapons around Lamar that we really that you really need for him to succeed. Yep. Like, don't get me wrong; he can still put up numbers. He can still play really well, but he has his limitations, and he still needs still needs dudes. He's not. He's not at Mahomes' level where you know you can throw out whoever you want, whenever you want, and Who Mahomes is? will still find it. Exactly, yeah. no one is. And so, you know, putting him on like putting him on a team where, gosh, imagine him throwing deep balls to Tyreek Hill. Like, right. imagine a guy that can't like physically can't underthrow those guys. Like he can air he can air it out probably fifteen plus yards more than Tua if I had to if I had right. to guess. Yeah, and then just all those guys like all the look at the receiver depth chart. It's all guys that can create after the catch. I mean Eric Ezunkama, Cedric Wilson Jr. Even Braylon Sanders way down there in the depth chart. They brought in Braxton Barrios from New York who that's yep. a sneaky signing too because he's a guy who can win in the short parts of the field with separation yep. and, and give you know Lamar a litany of easy throws. It just makes too much sense to me for them. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Another, another another team that I think bears mentioning and a lot of people have talked about, but it makes it, it makes too much sense is the Washington commanders. What a better way to enter into the, this new era of Washington football with Schneider potentially you know, on his way out and bring in Lamar to bring in this new era of Washington commanders football. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yes. The fact that they're like adamantly against it just cracks me up. It does. Because that's another team that like, look at looking at their weapons. I mean, McLaurin Dotson, uh, Gibson, Robinson, like they have a, a, they're another team that has good weapons that Lamar could step in and immediately elevate that team. It's another team that has been just kind of like operating in quarterback purgatory. And, you know, it seems like they're never going to find their way out because they're another one that it's like, all right, they're rolling with Sam Howell potentially. Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. And just it, which to me just says like, all right, we're strapping ourselves in for another three years of are we, you know, will they, won't they with making the playoffs? Like, and then it'll go nine and eight, 10 and seven, nine, eight and one, eight and nine, one year. Boom. There's three years in a row where they almost made the playoffs, but like now they're wasting a lot of the youth and talent that they have on both sides of the ball. Right. And Lamar, I think immediately makes them, it, it's it's a tough division now, but it, I think it immediately puts them at like 11, 12 wins pretty consistently with the talent that that roster has and what he would bring to that team. Yeah, Lamar on that team would be, be so fun with the, with the weapons you already mentioned. Curtis Samuel on there too. Yeah. I mean, just. Diami Brown, even having like he started to come alive a little bit next year, like or last year, I think. Lamar Jackson immediately makes him more of a factor. Yeah. Because one of his big calling cards is, you know, his ability to to play the deep ball and 
I think Howell Howell he has an okay arm and Brissett, we know his limitations, but Lamar Jackson would immediately unlock that part of the offense even more. Yeah. The the difficult thing for Washington is like they're in a division with Dallas, New York, and Philadelphia. <laughs> So as good as Lamar makes them, it's like all three of those teams are potential playoff teams next year. So Right, right, which, you know, it'd make for an absolute just, yeah, prize fight every time the NFC East plays, which would be a fun contrast from what we had gotten for a few years. The, the sure. They're the last decade. There was a point in the season this year where all four of those teams were technically in the playoffs. right. So it's actually not that far-fetched that they could all make the playoffs if, if you put Lamar into the situation. Right. I do think the Giants will probably fall off a little bit, but that's, a, that's for a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, so. we can get into that another time. But, I yeah, Was- I, I like Washington. Another team that I think makes sense stylistically, but I wouldn't wish it upon Lamar Jackson to go there, would be Tennessee. Hmm. That's another team that if he went there, I think it would make sense. But also I wouldn't want to do that to him because Tennessee probably maybe has the worst receiving room in the NFL right now. They do. And we failed to mention this last week. Yeah, we did. And so like I, I thought about Tennessee and I was like, Oh, I actually like them for Lamar, but Oh, I actually hate them because Remembering from our conversation after the pod, we completely forgot to bring up Tennessee because Tennessee is one of those teams that when they don't, when they're not relevant, you kind of just, I blame the AFC South. It's kind of just like that weird hodgepodge of there's one good team and then you forget about the rest sometimes. Yeah, I think, I think Tennessee's probably going to go young. Yeah, I don't, by the way, but I think they're going to go young and cheap. Yeah, not to say that I think they will, but I think that they'd be a good stylistic fit. And I think he could, you know, still have remnants of like the Arthur Smith offense and whatnot. So I think that like that line could be drawn for how Lamar fits in, fits in in Tennessee. But again, I wouldn't do that to him because he shouldn't be, he shouldn't have to go from a situation where he has been stuck in wide receiver weapon purgatory and then goes to a place where somehow it's hell. True. True. I'm trying to see. So, yeah, Tennessee. Man. <laughs> it's it's a dire situation. Steve, these guys, like, I, what are we doing here? I mean, Burks, okay, you spent a first-round pick on him. You, you expect him to take a developmental step. But yep. Nick Westbrook, Akine, he's, he's just not a guy. Kyle Phillips, I actually love Kyle Phillips' tape coming out of school. He's a fifth-round pick. Like, how much are you really relying he looked, on him? He looked okay at the beginning of the year. He had, like, a couple pop plays, and then he got hurt. But he and showed he, a little bit of juice at the beginning of the year. I think Chig Aquanquo is an up-and-coming receiving tight end. Who's a, he's yes. A bad, he's a bad man. But yes. their receiver room, dude, is so bad. They don't even have, like, a veteran. They don't, like, Racy McMath. Reggie no, Robinson, like, it's Mason Kinsey. Like, who are these guys? It's dire. It's it's legitimately dire. And they did nothing in Freedency to fix that either, which tells me, no, they were in some cap situations, but which that tells me that maybe they realize they're not 
in it for this year and they're going to maybe sit back and go young. I, I would not be surprised, Steve, if you see Tennessee take a quarterback with the first round pick or even trade up to take a quarterback. Right. So I think that's going to be their goal. So, And I agree. I don't want Lamar to go there. I'd rather see Lamar have a chance to, to succeed. Yeah, I think that Vrabel's built up Vrabel's built up a good, not enough goodwill to where he can uh you know, he could take a year where they need to you know, try and rework some things. Can I guess what you're doing right now? <laughs> yep. I bet you you can. Steve is texting his his wife to say, "Hey, can you please turn on the music?" <laughs> yeah. I heard that one and I'm like, that is that is the loudest thing ever. There he goes. She she just got the message. We're gonna get hit with a copyright strike. Yeah, no. yeah, great. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna lose the whole pod now. Yeah. Uh that's funny. Have you seen the memes? There's there's like plenty of memes and like Instagram reels of of guys recording podcasts with their friends and then their wives always finding some creative way to interrupt it. <laughs> no, I haven't. Correct. It's, and it's always like quote unquote unintentional, but like it's it's obvious that you know they're getting trolled by their wife. It's pretty right, funny. right. But that so that just happened. But that's okay. Yep. Um, I have kids frequently run in my office while we're recording. Thankfully, in my new setup, I have a very easy mute button. I just tap it. I know. I had I had it ready to go. The problem is, I also wanted to talk, so it was real. <laughs> Real sticky situation there. <laughs> yes. All right. What about uh, before we get to the Jets? Because I, I do want to close it out with the Jets. Any yeah. Other teams. I feel like I had a list yesterday. I was going off in the the fantasy points Discord yesterday about. Yeah, that. you were. I tried to like who is the Brett? Other- Brett is noted against Lamar Jackson. <laughs> so. Yeah, noted Lamar Jackson hater here. <laughs> I wouldn't say a hater. You're just not you. You are unlike other people in that you're not 100 percent on board of for like some teams to just go like all in to get them. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this weird expectation on Twitter that they like everybody. It's like unless you have Mahomes or Josh Allen, like people act like you're obligated to trade for Lamar Jackson, which is fun. <laughs> um, I, I just I don't see it that way at all. Um, what about. Actually, fill some space. I'm gonna look at the message. I I had a bunch of teams in that message yesterday. I want to see. Yeah, I I'm just like I've thought about it. The only other team, in my opinion, that even I think makes any type of sense is potentially the Patriots and trade Mac Jones and do something a little what. I got the team, but we can talk Patriots first. But do something a little different. But like, I don't. I mean, I don't see that as an actual possibility. But again, a team that I don't. They. I don't know if they're sold on their quarterback situation. That's and, the one thing working there is that like, yeah, it doesn't seem like they like Mac Jones. I'm a probably a bigger believer in Mac at this point than Bill is. Probably. But I want to see him with an actual offensive coordinator. That too. That would be very nice. I'd also like to see them, you know, give him a receiver that isn't supposed to fit a specific role. Maybe see if someone can do multiple things. Get a, you know, get an athlete in there. Yes. But that, like, I, 
for a team that I don't think is sold on their quarterback situation, I think that Lamar could play could play okay there. But again, I don't see that as an actual possibility of that happening. Yeah, same. I don't I don't see them doing that. But that would be uh, that'd be an interesting. It'd be a relatively high pick too, fourteenth overall, going to Baltimore. So they they could get into the QB discussion if they wanted to draft one as well. You know, I mean, getting rid of first round picks is arguably better for the Patriots than it is actually picking a team that just has continually seemed to let down their fan base with the first round picks. Why not just like, hey, we got we're gonna give up two of them. We know this guy. Where we know this guy works out well. This Lamar Jackson guy is pretty good. Like we'll just focus on our late round picks, which is where they tend to excel a little bit more, at least in recent history. We need to start setting lines internally as a company for what random ass receiver the Patriots take at number fourteen, because it won't be it won't be one of the top five or six. Like what do we think? Cedric Tillman, pick fourteen. I could see that. Yeah, it's, it's going to be something wild where you're just like, what in the world? Or Bijan. They'll take Bijan Robinson at 14 when they've got Ramondre Stevenson sitting on their, on their roster. Watch. I'm not kidding. This is going to happen. Listen, I'm a, I'm, I'm a longer Patriots fan than I am Lions fan here. Yes, I've this is true. I've been in misery the last few years watching watching Bill Belichick. Oh, you poor thing. How do you hopes, do it? The hopes of Bill Belichick making these, these decisions in a post-Tom Brady world where you, you just didn't realize how much – Brady covered up yeah you know so yeah so you're right maybe maybe getting rid of 14th overall is the better better option at least like I said and then you could flip Mac Mac has a ton of like like moving him I think would be easy arguably I think a young quarterback still on a rookie contract that has shown promise but didn't get like you know he had his own issues with the coaching staff, I think that that's a that's a a guy that a lot of teams would go after too. That they could arguably get back decent draft value for if they wanted. Steve, the New England Patriots drafted Cole Strange in the first round last year. Yep, there were other GMs who openly mocked them for the selection. That's how bad of a pick it was. Yep, yep. Like Philadelphia, I think it was Howie, right? That no, 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 it was Tennessee. Tennessee GM openly mocked Bill for that pick. And he said, quote, that was a guy we were looking at in the third or fourth round. <laughs> so, like, anyways, let's move yeah. on. One last team I want to throw out there, unless you got another point on the Patriots. No, do it. The Las Vegas Raiders. And this is basically Patriots West. So it's the same thing. And I know they just signed Jimmy Garoppolo. And I don't care. I – I need someone to explain. I had the same rant about Vic Fangio in Denver about why he hinged his entire coaching career on Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke going into year two or three or whatever it was. Yep. I got to ask my boy Josh the same question. You're not getting another coaching opportunity after this guy. You failed in your first one. You went back to rehab and and suckled on the the Patriots teat again and and – now you're you got and another then you, job, and then you and then you dipped your toe back in. You got a little bit scared. You went back, <laughs> and, and now you have this this Raiders job. This is your last chance, and you're telling me you're going to hitch your wagon to Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy who, for one, he's notoriously hurt. Steve, yep. like aside from the skill set deficiencies here, he's notoriously hurt. Yep, 
He's not reliable. Their backup quarterback right now is a guy by the name of Chase Garbers. You ever heard of him? No. No, me neither. I have no idea who Chase Garbers is. Is that that, that sounds like a that sounds like a Madden create a player? That they just like it was like ah, that was your draft pick last year. Name generator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm sorry, man. This is this is a weird situation. And if if Josh wanted a chance at being successful, he needs this is probably the team I think needs to do this the most. I think Atlanta at we like good fit, but I think they can get a guy at eight to compete with Ritter yep. and with um Heineke. Or they could even get in the trade up discussion. Raiders are also right there too at seven, but they need to be better right now because I think you know, you've got Devontae Adams who's getting older. Uh, they just put a bunch of money into Jacoby Myers. Like their their skill set, their skill player positions are they have guys that can that can play right now that are yeah. veterans and older and like go get Lamar Jackson. Like also look on the defensive side of the ball. Like Chandler Jones is getting older. You know he's he's probably their best defensive player to be honest. Max Crosby's really good too, obviously. But point being, Steve, like I don't know why in the world. Just like with Fangio hitching his wagon to Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke at seventy years old or whatever. You know Vic waited how long to get a head coaching job? Thirty years. Yeah, he gets one and then does that. Josh, you like if you lose this job, this is it for you as a head coach in the NFL. Especially because like Vic Fangio at least had a really good defense to hang his hat on the whole yeah. time he was there. Like he legitimately was a quarterback away. Like if they had just found the right quarterback, this is a different situation where Las Vegas's defense has been a trip for a while. And so why not go get Lamar and make the off, make your offense a strong side of the ball. And, you know, it didn't work with Derek Carr, but I think, you know, I think Lamar elevates that offense to something a little bit higher than what Derek Carr offered. And why not just try and make your offense a strength and, and you know, maybe keep your defense afloat. And then it allows you to fo- a little, focus a little bit more on the defensive side of the ball if you go in the draft. Yeah. I think they, they need offensive line help, but For at sure. least with Lamar, it's a Band-Aid on some issues that you have. Oh, yeah. And just like you're not winning anything, especially in the in the NFC with Jim or sorry, AFC with Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm sorry. You're just not. No, uh, listen, Shanahan maxed out yeah. Jimmy G. And I think we can all agree on that, that Jimmy G in San Fran was probably the best form of Jim, Jimmy G there ever has or ever will be. Yep. And that's fine. But Josh McDaniel has to understand it as well. Yes. All right. Real quickly, we need to close this out. Let's talk about the New York football jets. Yep. The interesting thing about all these teams we've laid out for Lamar is we've talked about how most of them, except for the Titans, have good situations for pass catchers. The jets are no different. They've got Garrett Wilson. They've got Alan Lazard. They've got Corey Davis. They've got Michael Hardman. Um, Michael Hardman reminds me a lot of a guy that Lamar had a little bit of success with in Baltimore. And um, I'm blanking. I don't know why I'm blanking. My brain is fried. Devin DuVernay. Sorry. Ah, okay. There's there's a lot of overlap there. So I, yeah. I see Lamar. And, and the nice thing for Lamar is Michael would be like the fourth or fifth guy on that death chart where right. DuVernay was like number two. <laughs> so, 
Or actually, he right, was their, the use their like their primary slot guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, their offensive line is not in terrible shape. They have, I would say, a good tight end rotation with Conklin, Uzuma, and, and Jeremy Ruckert, who they drafted in the third round last year. They've got a great running back situation. They, they proved they could run the ball last year, and their defense has been outstanding and getting better. Under, and it's young. Under Robert Sala, yes. This is the team, other than the, the Raiders, that makes the most sense for. And I know they're, they're linked to Aaron Rodgers for obvious reasons, right? Because yep. they probably feel like they're a quarterback away from really, you know, causing some we all know they're a quarterback away yeah i mean last year was super bowl competition but from making the playoffs and being a legit team i would i would go so far as to say they'd i'd like if they got an aaron Rodgers or lamar jackson i think you'd immediately vault them to like top five super bowl odds yeah i wouldn't i won't argue with that no top five in the league or top five top five in the league i would say like that i mean that's a good roster and that's a good team of like they've got a lot of good weapons they yeah almost like did they end up with a winning record last year i forget if they finished eight and nine or nine and eight or right around there i think eight and nine yeah and they did that with i mean they were anemic at quarterback all year whether it was zach wilson right. doing whatever zach wilson did mike white had you know his games here and there where they, you know, he had everyone believing for a second and then it didn't work out. But I mean, just having, having stability at quarterback, I like, I think immediately makes them a top five team in the NFL on paper. Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, even, even more reason for them to do it then. Cause it is. And I just, is it like after everything now there was a report that came out today that said that, Everybody expects it. Every the Packers and the Jets both expect this deal to get done before the draft, and there's rumors that it could happen as early as next week. Now we've heard that a million times now. I feel like, yes. but I like if you're choosing between the two, like you, you're going to have to give up first round picks for either guy, and I like. The money's the same, roughly. Like you're you're going to commit to paying Rodgers a ton of money either way. Exactly. Like, is the is Rodgers that much better than Jackson than Lamar Jackson that he's worth the? You don't know how long he's going to stay. He, you know, he had a down like a downer year last year. It wasn't the quintessential Aaron Rodgers that we're all used to seeing, and. I, it's just this whole circus that it's going through the circus yeah. that is Aaron Rodgers appearing on the Pat McAfee show. And, you know, I want to go to the jets, but now I don't really have that power. Like, like why not just strip yourself of it, say to hell with everyone and just go get Lamar Jackson and then wash your hands of the entire situation. Agreed. I, I firmly agree. In fact, I think this is now uh, – we've talked me into thinking this is the spot for Lamar. Has to be. Has to be. I, it makes no sense. I mean, I, I think the one of the things that's not being talked about enough that is shying people away from Lamar is that like you basically have to fundamentally change what you do on offense to accommodate his skill set because it is a unique skill set. Right. It's a rare skill set, and it's a powerful skill set, but it is so unique. It's like – most teams aren't using playbooks that can feature Lamar's strength to its max. Right. 
So you do have to. Ch- so, but okay, that's fine. That's an obstacle I'm willing to to give myself when I'm talking about trading for a 40 year old quarterback who's a head case. You know, I yeah, yeah. It. I, I would rather I would rather have Lamar if I'm the Jets. I agree. I just don't think it's. I just don't think the whole. It's not worth it. And like New York, as a city, as a media, as all of it, like will only all of that stuff that happens in Green Bay. Like it's fine because Green Bay is its own little place, and it you know it gets national news when it wants to be national news. In New York, you're not like there's no escape, and there's also no built up goodwill. Right. Especially after this whole rodeo that he's been, you know, he and the Packers and the Jets have been putting Jets fans through. I mean, if Rogers falters to start in any way that, you know, that immediate, all that goodwill or any potential excitement starts to dwindle and, you know, though, like the pitchforks could come out. Not that I think that'll happen, but. It's just we know that New York's a much more cutthroat market, and especially with a team that is like right on the precipice of breaking up what has been a super long uh, playoff drought, and they seem to be at like at the next step. Like, why not just focus on the football at, football at hand and not bring in this, you know, all the other outside issues that come with Aaron Rodgers inherently, right? I agree. All right, Steve, I think we need to get out of here. That's going to do it. Free Lamar Jackson, put him on the New York Jets, win, at least contend for that division. Yeah. And then potentially compete for the the Super Bowl. I think that's a good recipe for success. So, all right, we're, we're going to get out of here. Steve and I will be back next week. Make sure you're paying attention on Twitter about this, uh, the episode 50 giveaway that is going to happen. Um, it's going to be random, but you got to make sure you follow those steps. Yep. Give us a review, five star only. Um, and that's by the way, that's the Fantasy Points Podcast Network, which you know because you are listening. You're here. Uh, <laughs> you're here. But just in case that wasn't clear, give that give this the whole feed a five star review. Make sure you mention Brett and Steve in your review, and then DM me screenshot proof or DM Steve screenshot proof, and then we'll go from there. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. We are out. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.